0: What a privilege it is not only to hear the children sing and read of God's word, but also that we get to hear from God this morning. Christmas time is here. Um, I hope you know that. Um, I I expect that you do know that. Uh, The church has all the decorations up. The lights are up. I know there's lots of lights in our neighborhood, and just to let you know, if you are a procrastinator like me, your lists are due very soon. You have to get those to your mom and your mother-in-law. The anticipation, though, for Christmas is building. Something great is coming. If you were an outsider, um, and you saw all this stuff happening around this time, you would know something very significant is coming. What in the world? Why Why is everything changed so much? All of these people, pretty much all of America and, and a lot of the rest of the world as well, their whole calendar each day is changing a bit. What they dress, what they wear is changing a bit. What we eat, Changes. What we drink, we get days off of school, we're at church more, we're we're with our church family more, we're we're with our family members more. Our calendars and our minds are filled, preparing and celebrating and getting ready for December 25th. We're all anticipating something that is coming December 25th. Well, this morning as we come to God's Word, we need to slow down a bit and talk about what Christmas actually means. Why all the hustle and bustle? Why all the Christmas traditions? What should you and I be thinking about in December? How do we think biblically and rightly about this holiday season? We know that the world has done a very, very good job of commercializing Christmas. But even with that, is there a way that you and I can celebrate and enjoy all the different traditions and and all the things that go along with Christmas while also having Christ be the center of the holiday? Well, I wanted us to open up the Bible to see what God thinks of Christmas. So if you would open up your Bibles to Isaiah 9, Isaiah 9, and once you have your place, if you would stand so that we can hear read God's Word together. Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, verses 2-7. through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much that you give us your word. And that as we read your word, Lord, that your Holy Spirit has come. And that you promise as we read your word, Lord, that you do not let it fall without accomplishing that which you would desire to accomplish. So, Lord, we pray in dependence upon you and your spirit. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, help us to be ready to hear your word. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Speaking of looking forward to something and anticipating something, here in Isaiah 9, we see once again a promise for a child. Throughout the Old Testament, Jesus is spoken of and pointed forward to. And here in Isaiah 9 we see this longed for Messiah promised once again. And we see that in verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Ever since Genesis 3:15, God's people have been eagerly awaiting the arrival Of this one who is going to bring his kingdom. He's going to undo all the wrongs that have been done. And he's going to bring back a kingdom of grace and of peace. Not only do we see this promised child, but throughout Isaiah 9 we see a description of this son. The first thing we see is that this son is compared to light. If you look in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This world, because of Adam, was subject to darkness. That darkness is a very deep darkness. The world. This world, without Jesus, is a very dark place. You and I know that this world is hard. There's pain and there's suffering, trials, trials. These are significant. Life is hard. Parenting is hard. High school is hard. The workplace can often be hard. The people that you come to trust and to love often stab you in the back. The world that God once created to be very good, where everything worked so beautifully in harmony together, now Though it is still a good creation that God has made, now it seems that everything crumbles and falls so quickly and affects everything that we do. And especially when we realize that every single person on this planet, but by the grace of God, but everyone, all seven plus billion of us, when we look at the creation we say all of this, this world, the people around me, it is all for me. So not only does the fall make it so that this world is just crumbled and everything that we do seems to fail and there's trials and there's heartache, but we also think that all of this is for us and for our own glory. But when everyone else is sane. That this is for them, and when we live our lives as if this world was created for us, then the pain and the hurt grows exponentially. And without any grace, and without a God who is working for His glory, but also for our good, without someone in control, without the God-man who suffered and died so that he could be glorified, and without eternity, this is no world that I would want to live in. Without God, and without his grace, and without Jesus Christ, there is complete and utter darkness. It's no wonder there's so much divorce, and addiction, and pain. But the joy of Christmas is that it is in this deep darkness that the light has shown. In verses 3-5, through we see the essence of this light. And we see this repeated four times. That this kingdom that is coming is a kingdom of joy. In verse 3 it says, You have multiplied the nation, so, so that is, you have blessed the nation. And you have increased its joy. And they rejoice before you, as with the joy at the harvest. And they are glad, again, the word speaking of joy, when they divide the spoil. The sun has come, and he has brought about this light to shine in this deep darkness. And the kingdom that he is bringing, and the light that he is shining, is one of immense joy. Overwhelming joy. Whole Hearted joy, once in a lifetime joy. Joy that we don't often think of or comprehend because it is so great. Joy that you and I forget so quickly. A sun of light that brings joy. But not only joy, we see in verses four and five that this sun brings a kingdom of joy. That then destroys the kingdom of darkness. He not only brings joy, but he devastates the kingdom of darkness that once enslaved us, that once held us captive, that once ruled over our lives. Jesus is bringing this kingdom of joy with light and liberty. So the Son has come to bring. Light and joy, but how does he do it? Well, in verses seven, 6 and 7, we see that this son doesn't come to be a messenger of good news, but he actually comes to bring the good news, to bring this kingdom here on earth. He comes as a victorious king to rule his people in this existence. In Matthew 4, this passage in Isaiah is quoted right before Jesus began to preach, right before he spread his kingdom message. Jesus is spoken of fulfilling this prophecy here in Isaiah 9. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Jesus has come to bring light and joy and to be our king. To rule over us. To defend us. To restrain and conquer all his and our enemies. He has promised here in Isaiah as a king who is going to bring all of these promises for his people. He's a personal and a loving king. We see what kind of king he is in verse 6. He is a wonderful counselor. I hope that warms your heart this morning because we are all going through pain and heartache and different trials. He is a wonderful counselor. He's always near, he always hears, he's always ready to listen. He is a mighty God, he is fully in control of everything. He rules over everything. And we know that he is working all things for good. Not only that, he is an everlasting father. He cherishes you. He cares so much about you, and he loves you. And finally, he is a prince of peace. While the world brings pain, Jesus, this King, who's come to rule here and now, brings peace. And in verse 7, this is sealed so beautifully as we see that this kingdom is going to be one ever increasing more and more of the joy and the light and the peace over and over, more and more, ever being blessed, and it will never and You will rule with justice and righteousness forevermore. Christmas is a time when we step back, when we remember who this child and who this son is and remember what he's done for us. Christmas is not about presents. It's not even necessarily about family. It's all about this promised king who has established this kingdom of light and joy here on this earth. So what does this king require? How do we become a part of his kingdom? Do we have to be perfect? Are only the sinless able to enter into this kingdom with all of this joy and all of this light and all this peace? No. It's not the sinless. It is all those who would repent and believe all who would come to the truth all who would who would happily say i am not right i am not good there is something wrong within me and this life that i've created that that fully orbits around me i don't want that anymore i don't want to live my life for me anymore i don't want the darkness all who repent and believe and say i want to be a part of the kingdom of jesus that offer is for all of us here and now and once again and once someone does repent once they see their sin they can run to jesus and say yes i want to be a part of the kingdom of light and of joy and of peace forever yes I will give up myself. I will trade in this darkness and this pursuit of my own glory for a kingdom worm. I am not the center. All who repent and believe are brought in to the kingdom. And that's what you and I get to celebrate this month. We celebrate this son who has saved us from all of our sins. Who not only came and established this kingdom, but who has given his life to save us. Ours. He died, Jesus died on that cross so that we could have this joy and this peace again forevermore. I cannot think, amen is right, I cannot think of a better news, anything better that we can proclaim, that we can talk to each other about, anything better that we can sing about. Then, this beautiful message, this kingdom, this king should be our focus and the focus of our joy, and the focus of our thankfulness, and the focus of our worship because he is surely worthy of all of our praise. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much. Now, while we are still sinners, while we hated you while we ran away from you. While we were in fully desired to be a part of the kingdom of Satan, you came. And while we were in that deep darkness, you came and you shone a light. And you came with a message. And we thank you and we praise you that that message is one of joy and of grace, and of mercy, and of peace. Not of judgment, but of joy. We thank you for that. And Lord, we let us never forget that we can only have this joy and this peace because of the cross of Jesus. Lord, help us know what that means. Help us to live that out for your glory. We pray so in Jesus' name. Amen.